It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. This is the Leaf Sky Podcast. Here's your host, Jim Taddy. Hi, everybody. Thank you, Mike Ross. Welcome to Leaf Sky, Episode 24, Season 2. Jim Taddy with you for the next half hour or so. Terry Koshan from the Toronto Sun will be our guest today as we do a wrap on where the Leafs are after the trade deadline. Interesting acquisitions and a goaltending question mark. Oh, my. The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. And as the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big, too. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right. A bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. If Sportsbook isn't available in your area, no worries. You still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Ladies and gentlemen, here is the call to action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. The promo code is THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for complete details. And so the smoke is cleared on the NHL trade deadline. The Leafs have added a defenseman and added a forward and added, well, they thought they were going to add a goaltender, but it didn't work out that way. Certainly a big thumbs up to the acquisition of Mark Giordano and Colin Blackwell from Seattle. This is a good trade. Adds depth and flexibility up front. Adds depth, talent, and flexibility on the blue line. The question is the goaltending. We get into all this now in our conversation with Terry Koshan from the Toronto Sun. All right, Terry, let's get right into it. The goaltending issue is such a complicated thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that there was an answer out there, but there were things they could have explored, and I'm sure they did, but the, they didn't really end up with much. How do you see this moving forward? I, that's the better question because the deadline has passed, so we know what they have. Yeah. Well, you, they, they they have to be keeping their fingers crossed that Jack Campbell becomes the Jack Campbell that was playing until beginning of mid beginning December, mid-December, period, full stop. I mean, look, Eric Schalgren's a nice story, Jim. Great story. The way he's come in, he's played in four games. You can't, and I know he has experience helping his team win the Swedish Hockey League championship last year in the playoffs, but you can't look at him and say, carry the ball for us and please make it work. He just can't. He doesn't have that experience to do that. Campbell's got to be the guy. And, you know, if by a stroke of luck, Peter Mrazek finds something, then you have some, then you have, you know, a capable backup. But they haven't had that in him this year. He's never, I know that they keep talking about he's been a better goalie at other times in his career. He's got a 909 save percentage, Jim, in his career. That's mediocre. That's not good. So, 
you have to hope that Campbell finds it. And if he doesn't, then, you know, we'll be talking in mid-May about uh, what the offseason is going to look like. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think the answer always was Jack Campbell healthy and back to the way he was because there wasn't anything better. I mean, he had Vezina numbers, and I don't know exactly what happened there or why it went south or the even the rib injury is kind of precarious because you don't know if that's a, that a bone or a muscle or you know how that how he rehabs that and gets back in. But but that was always the answer. Now, the Morazic situation, yeah, the coach said he's played better elsewhere, but he's also played like this elsewhere. That's why he is where he is. Well, that's just it. I mean, the guy is inconsistent throughout his career, and, you know, the – the Leafs put him on waivers, uh, probably hoping, you know, thinking whatever. I don't know if they were thinking it, but maybe hoping a bit that he would get claimed, get that money off the books. And, uh, you know, the plan they had signed Harry Sateri out of uh, the KHL, 32 years old, a brief uh, history at the Florida Panthers a few seasons ago, to come over and, and maybe do something for them. And we know what happened with those plans when Arizona took Sateri uh, off waivers yesterday. So, Mrazic, um, yeah, you're almost hoping for him to be something that he really hasn't been. And the Leafs, we know now, overpaid for him last summer, Jim. Uh, there were a lot of goalies on the market. The Leafs uh, zeroed in on, on Mrazic quite early because if I remember correctly, that was one of the first deals announced yep. when uh, free agency opened. And uh, they overpaid uh, uh, salary-wise and uh, the length of contract-wise. It's you know, he, he's not only been inconsistent in his career, there is a bit of a history of injuries there, and, and both things have come through this year uh, in that regard in the Leafs uniform for him. So, you know, again, you have to think that, you have to hope, I guess, if you're Dubas and company, that, you know, he can provide something something of some sort. Um, but really, it, like I say, it's on Campbell, and, and you hope that that injury is not long-lasting, and you hope that he finds his way. One thing is, Jim, about all the Stuart should mention, if Jeff, Jeff, or sorry, Jack Campbell becomes the goalie he was earlier in the season, end of last year, that guarantees nothing in the playoffs. That's that right. Just, you know, that just gives you perhaps a better chance. It doesn't mean they're going to win the first round. Certainly, well, if they're playing Vasilevsky in Tampa, there's a lot of good goalies out there that they're going to have to face and overcome. Well, well, they are, but the Leafs' situation, the, the Leafs' success, I hate to say it, was never really based on having the stud goaltender. It's how everybody played in front of them mm-hmm. when they were winning. Sure, Jack Campbell looked great, but the five-man unit in front of him was pretty darn good. And, you know, they, that, I mean, that's how this team is constructed. They don't have Carey Price or Vasilevsky. They've got Jack Campbell. So so they're always going to lose in that comparison. But if the rest of the team plays properly, he looks really good. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but, you know, that's just it. If they play properly. Now, that's we know that that's uh, waned quite a bit here in the past several weeks, if not a couple of months. So that has to get back on track as well the fact of the matter is though jim when campbell does come back he can't be allowing the types of goals he did say to uh i think it was joe valeno against detroit a few weeks oh ago. yeah yeah the one from you the know, corner those, those sorts of things have to stop yeah and not that goal specifically but you know that has to stop if ramazic comes back he's got to stop the shot uh that he allowed against uh, buffalo in the heritage game from from kind of a similar area you know a goal like that was, as we all, as we talked about, was you know that was a deciding goal in a game that that could have gone either way, and that's yeah. not going to get you far in the playoffs, no matter who's in that. But you're right; they have to be better in front of them. And um, I'd imagine we're going to get to that next with the with the addition of Mark Giordano, what that'll do. But the goalies just have to be better. Period. The save percentage is not good. 
Yeah, but just be- just before we leave the goaltending situation, yep. I mean, there were there were guys out there. Was there was there a move they they didn't make that they should have? And and as I say that, I'm gonna I'm gonna also clarify by saying to solve a goaltending problem at the trade deadline is really precarious. Yeah, there was nothing there. I mean, Mark Andre Fleury would have been the ideal situation for them. And as we know now, much to Kyle Dubas's chagrin, they did go down that road and that became public. Uh, but that would have been it. Yeah, that would have been it. Wedgwood wouldn't do it for you. Dark talk of Varla. Sorry, Wedgwood wouldn't do it for you. I don't think so. No talk of Varlamov out of the island as well. You're just you're still throwing darts at a board here, and hoping that it hoping that it works, and hoping that you hit a bullseye. And none of those guys would have been that guarantee for them. Flurry, I think, would have been the best option. We see what happens. He goes to Minnesota instead, and maybe he wouldn't have wanted to come here anyway. I guess we'll never know. But uh, um, no, they. Their hands were tied with the goaltending uh, situation. Like you say, Jim, precarious to think that you're going to go get a guy in March 21 and your um, your goaltending situation will, quote-unquote, be solved for you. Dubas yeah. really wasn't going to be the case. And that's a summertime thing. And, and what they, the, you know, you detailed their, their choice expertly. They, they got to the front of the pack and they signed their guy and, and it just didn't work out. There's not, yeah. not much you could do about that in midstream. So let's go to the blue line uh, and... What I like about the Giordano move is, I mean, it adds this flexibility on that blue line, and it's deep. It looks pretty good when they're all healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the case now, right? You know, it's, yeah. it's bodies in, bodies out. I mean, Jake Muzzin, we think, is going to get back here fairly soon, Jim. I mean, he's not taking contact yet in practice, still wearing a red sweater, but he quote-unquote looks good. You know, he's doing a lot of the hard skating afterward, and he was doing it again yesterday, and, uh, you know, um, you wouldn't know that he's coming back from a concussion, the type of effort he's putting in. But the same injury hurts now because not only does Sandy miss the opportunity to, to necessarily be set until the playoffs start, unless you're you're one of these people who, who if you have eight healthy D, the two guys who are going to be out are Sandy and Lilligren, and uh, Hall will stay in. And Labuskin's, like, we, we don't want to forget him. He's, he's come in and been a really nice piece for, for, for Kyle Dubas and the Leafs. I think he's done a nice job. But, um, you know, not having a full complement of guys for Keith is, is going to, you're going to be moving those puzzle pieces around here for a few weeks yet. Well, you know, we're going to play semantics with this. I mean, if you had, it's sometimes when we, we look at the ads, we do it individually. If you put Giordano and Labushkin in, into one acquisition just yeah. for what it did to the team, I mean, that's, that's a 3 4 tandem, really, isn't it? It is. And you know what? Uh, and I don't, I don't necessarily think they thought they were getting that in a guy like Labushkin. Right. Um, yep. You you can hope that it turns out that way. And and you, you never know that it might. I mean, uh, last summer, I, I, I'm pretty sure that they thought Nick Ritchie would come in and score 20 goals. We saw how that worked out for them. So it doesn't always happen the way you think it's going to. And I think in this case, Labushkin, in Labushkin's case, it has gone uh, quite rather positively more than perhaps what they were thinking. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you you look at it now and say, OK, uh these aren't necess- these aren't depth pieces to round it out. These are guys who are integral for you. Right. Giordano, you know, I think he was what was he playing in Seattle, 21 plus minutes on a on a on a bad hockey team. You know, maybe he comes in here and you don't have to play him that high. Maybe it's more of a 19, 20 thing. I mean, at that age, 38, Jim, that minute can make a difference, uh, depending who he's playing against as well. But yeah, no, it's uh they're they're both good moves, and you're right. You um you bulk up the middle of that core, if you will, certainly uh, with with the addition of the book, and and that's you know not taking anything from anyway anything, anything away sorry from Lubushkin, who's looked good on the top pairing with Morgan Riley. So, 
Yeah. It's a good it's a good problem to have. You're not looking at it going, okay, we added some seven, eight guys, or now we're gonna have to use them. And uh, that's not what's happening here. But you know, I think Sheldon Keith would like it a little more settled than it's gonna be for the next little while. Well, yeah, and what I like on, on it is the flexibility. So you could literally oh. play Labushkin on any tandem on the right side. So how do you see this? Like let, let's go with, with healthy and let's put Muzzin in and, and, and you could put Sandine in if you will. How do you see this defensive unit lining up when we get to the playoffs and it's and everybody's all hands on deck. Well, one thing I'm going to be curious about is to see how tempted Heath is to go to Giordano and Brody, right? Right. Because we know they did in Calgary. I mean, that would be an actual thing. It hasn't been, it hasn't been, it hasn't been like been six or eight years since they played together. It's just been a few seasons now. And can they rekindle something there? So if that happens, I mean, uh, you know, do you, do you keep Labushkin with uh, with Riley and, and hope that they keep playing as well as they have been and being effective? And then, uh, you know, on the third, um, Muzzin, fingers crossed that he becomes the Jake Muzzin of before, not the one we've seen this season. And, you know, it's a toss-up there between Hall and Sandine, I think. Sandine's going to be a step. That's the unfortunate part here, Jim, like I said. Yeah. He'll be a step behind now when the playoffs start, if he is out until, you know, May 1st. Because he's not he's not going to play. A lot of teams are – everyone's ramping up. The Leafs are playing a lot of really good teams now in the final – five weeks. I think they get Florida three times. They get Boston at least once, twice more, I think. So there's a lot of good Tampa. There's a lot of good hockey here coming up and that would have served Rasmus Sandin well. Um, you know, if Justin Hall come, you know, stays in and does good things with Muzzin again, then, then I think there's your six and you work in Sandin and Lilligren where you can. I don't, I don't think Lilligren's going to be a part of this if everyone's healthy. You know, he'll be your eighth guy if everyone's healthy, I would assume, but uh, yeah. we'll have to see. But that would be my. That would be the, the thinking. You know, a toss up between Sandine and Hall there, but I think Hall gets the edge as long as he can stay healthy. Because Sandine won't have played. Okay, so so really, what you know, what all this means is under that scenario is Muzzin Hall, which was a maligned second pairing, becomes your third pairing. Yeah. Less minutes, uh, less stress, and and I think if you were to sit down, if we go back to something we would have chatted about two months ago your wish list would be absolutely complete by moving those two guys down and mm-hmm. coming in with another tandem to play above them. That, that's, that's a perfect scenario really, isn't it? It is. I mean, you know, I, I think that they will tell you though, they would, they would prefer that Muzzin becomes that top four type again, and then you figure it out from there, but you're right. It's, 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 it's a good situation that way. Now he has to, Hall has to, or sorry, Muzzin has to come back and be effective for them. Yeah, will, will that happen with uh, in minutes that aren't necessarily against the tougher opponents? Now, it could. Those minutes won't be the same for him if 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 that does wind up slotting that way. That that he and Hall or he and Sandine are a five six. So, you know that that should be a, a positive for the Leafs. But um, again, we'll see. I have to see how it all works out. You hope now that there are no further injuries and that sort of thing. But yeah, that ideally. I mean, it does look like that because we've talked about it before. Justin Hall on a, on a team that has its proper alignment on defense is not a top four guy. I, no, I don't no, no. I argue anybody on that. He's not a top four player. So you put him now. If, if, if this does happen, where he's back with Muzzin on the five six or in the five six pairing, then then uh, it should put the Leafs in uh, in better stead that way. I I actually would suggest to you that that maybe for Muzzin and Hall, they were both overplayed. In the past, I think they yeah. they they belong the way they the way they played lately. I would put them in a five six. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed with that. Based okay. off so, so there's a, you know there's a question mark in goal. Obviously, the blue line looks pretty darn good. They've done some nice work there, mm-hmm. and the forward unit is is pretty solid. The black was a nice ad. I like that. 
Yeah, me too. Me too. He's, uh, you know, he got a little bit of touch, uh, tenacious. He's not, he will never be confused with Zdeno Chara size-wise, but that's okay, Jim. I mean, who will be really? But, uh, you know, he's, he's a small player, but, you know, he's, he's been effective. We've seen that. You know, I, I thought it was interesting yesterday that Sheldon Keefe had had his eye on him when he coached the Marlies. And uh, I think it was Rochester that he said that um, uh, Blackwell was playing for. So there, there's familiar, familiarity with the player that way. And, you know, you didn't need the upset the apple card, if you will, at forward, I think. The key for me on that forward group is Tavares and Nylander have to get it going now. Yes. Got, what, what have they got? Leafs got 20 games left now, I think, or 19, 20, whatever it is. They, they, that, that too, and whoever else is on that line, has to find a way to get it going now. And they haven't for a while. You know, I'm not suggesting the Leafs are becoming a one-man team. Uh, or sorry, a one-line team, sorry, with, with Matthews, uh, Bunting, and Marner. But I think the key for me is, uh, uh, you know you know what the top line is going to do. The key for me in the final stretch is Tavares and Nylander have to rev up for the playoffs and, and really get that going as soon as possible. Well, just for matchup purposes, I mean, you need a complement for the top line because if the top line is going to be centered yeah. uh, centered uh, as as, uh, as the producing unit, it's going to get shut down. You need an alternative. Well, yeah, contained perhaps. I don't know how... We'll, we'll have to see how, how far the uh, the line gets shut down. I mean, they have that, that, that grouping together has done a lot of really good things, but you're going to need uh, that secondary scoring. And I don't even know if you count a line with Tavares and Elad are on secondary. At least you're right up there with, with the other three. But uh, And that trickles down and hope that uh, Camp Mikheyev Engvall, which appears to be a line going forward now, that that can, that can um, you know, produce a little more offense by putting the puck in the net, not just on – getting zone pressure and, and zone time and that sort of thing, but actually putting the puck in. And then as far as Blackwell goes, I'll be curious to see where he does line up. Um, you know, probably too much to ask to, to throw him on that line with Nylander and Tavares and Kerfoot's good there, but, you know, I think he's certainly going to bring a little more speed and tenacity and goal scoring potential to that fourth line than what they're going to get from a Kyle Clifford or a Wayne Simmons. And Spets has to pick it up a bit too. You know, he sat a few games, Jim. We saw that. Yeah, Wasn't Simmons happy too. About it. Yeah, Simmons too. I mean, but we'll see how it all, all boils down now with who comes out of that with who comes out of the lineup if uh, Blackwell is good to go against New Jersey, which we are assuming he will be. Yeah, they seem to be looking for something there. That you know, Clifford added it for a while. I thought, uh, I guess it was Saturday. He took a ridiculous penalty. That sweater pull was just. Yeah. What the heck was that? I don't know, but yeah, you can't. Those are things. I mean, don't, don't fall into Nick Ritchie territory here. He took a lot of dumb penalties in the short time that he was here, and you, you can't have that going forward. The other guy, too, I, you know, we can't forget is, and I only was remiss here because he's, you know, he's been out um, or didn't practice the day is Andre Kasha. I mean, yes, you know, he, he comes back healthy, and it, it sounds like the initial reports on him are fairly positive, even though he has had the concussion history, and that was an ugly hit the other night. I mean, the, oh. hit itself, the hit itself wasn't Jim. It was more what happened after. It, just the way he was lying on the ice. I know he got up, but that didn't look good at all. And you, you felt for him right away. But you know, a healthy Kasha does good things for you too. And and that'll be that'll be interesting. I think for me, um, what do you do come playoff time if if everyone's healthy? You know, are Clifford and Simmons the two automatic guys that come out? Um, if Blackwell and Kasha are, are adding more of an offensive touch for you, then yeah, they would be. But you know what? Yeah. We'll have to see how healthy they are come May one. Well, I, you know, I, for me, Kasha and Muzzin are in the same category. Um, you know, the the hit, to, the next hit to the head could be really serious. Yeah. Kasha's hit on Saturday was, 
I mean, I think it was out on his feet, wasn't he? He got hit in the side of the jaw, and, and it looked, I mean, that could have been a disaster. If he'd landed more on his face, because yeah. he, he had no control of his arms, he was just out and went face down. Yeah. That could have been a really serious injury. But, you know, that both those guys are hit away from having a serious problem, and you, and you, you worry about that, for, the, for not just for the player, but for the, for the family guy, for, for, for the guy. I mean, this, this is serious stuff. Well, it, it is very much so, and, and you're talking about a couple of players who uh, take the body, ask questions later. Right, so, that's how they you know, play. Yeah, I don't think they're going to – they're not going to change their style. I mean, certainly a guy like Kasha, I mean, he was uh, – you know, when he has been good and healthy, I mean, his his work on the forecheck and using his body to, to get the puck and this sort of thing has been a real bonus for the Leafs. And, uh, we you know, they thought he had potential to do that when they signed him last year. He's come through that way, but – you know, you wonder how many, like you say, one hit away. I mean, you and I aren't doctors or scientists, but we see how these things affect people and impact people and impact their careers. And and you'd hate to see that happen for either of them. But having said that, on the other hand, I don't think either of them changes the way that they play when they come back. No, and I think that the best news for Muzzin is that you're, you're saying that he skates hard at practice. And, yeah. and, you know, what they're looking for there, I would suggest he is um, – concussion effects and, and if he's skating hard and it's not triggering anything right. that that's the first positive step now that doesn't mean that if somebody in the next game he next game he plays hits him in the head he's going to be okay right. they have to be careful he had two concussions in a month yeah no and he, I, I and the key right now is for Muslim to do this on several days in a row and he has been you know i think the next step for him of course is to is to change into a regular uh, uh black sweater for practice like with the other d um, out of the red one and, you know, start taking a bit of contact. Not that the Leafs, you know, are, are hitting and knocking each other over in practice. You can't replicate games, but um, and Martin's certainly not going to hit anybody as he would in the game, but excuse me, just to have that physicality, that contact, that'll be the next step for him. I'm curious to see if it comes in practice today or, or later in the week, but uh, he's certainly um, getting there and all the indications are he'll be back shortly. Okay, so I'm going to ask you to play doctor here, just because I think there's there's a couple of injuries that that probably need some sort of uh, texture or, or reference point to uh, the Jack Campbell injury. I mean, he so he skated for 30 minutes on ice before practice yesterday. The, the rib injury. I mean, we don't know that that's a, a bone or a muscle, do we? No, we don't. Just to know that it's a rib. And the fact that he's out there skating now, and you know, the night that it. I shouldn't say the night that it happened. I think it was something that happened bothering him. But the last time we talked to him, he came out and spoke after a game and there wasn't an indication of it. The fact is that they're skating now. It's going to be, what, two weeks, I think, uh, Thursday, Jim? Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you're led to believe that, you know, the, the, he should be getting back here soon as well. I mean, I don't know if you've ever had a rib injury before, but I, I haven't. But I, from what I've been told, it, it's, you know, it's hard enough to sit down, let alone do what this man is going to try to do once he comes back. So I think the fact that he's getting good skates in right now uh, on his own uh, is a good indication that, you know, again, like Muzzin, he's probably not too far off. And, and even just the way that Dubas was talking about him yesterday too, Jim, you know, thinking that he can refine his game and that sort of thing and, and being adamant about that. I, I think that if Dubas knew that, that this injury could linger for quite a while longer, he might not have been as forceful with what he was saying about Campbell yesterday, but he was. So I would think that, uh, you know, Campbell can't be too far away here. Yeah, I don't know much about it. I talked to Frank Corrado about uh, rib injuries, and he, and he told me, he said, mm -hmm. if, it's a, if it's a bone, it heals a lot faster. If it's right. a muscle, 
you have to be very careful because you if you hurry back you could re-injure it and then you got a big problem yeah yeah that would be that would have so i think and and I, even if you're quote unquote hurrying back from origin uh, excuse me a rib injury if it's a muscle there's to be some pain involved there oh yeah properly so i don't think jack campbell's getting back into the net until he he knows 100 that he can move uh with the dexterity and whatever else you want to call it to uh to his satisfaction because then there's yeah. no point in him coming back until that can happen no and so in the meantime they go with what they have the other one is the sandy knee injury if you're talking about him you know being ready in five weeks that seems like a you know it's not obviously not an operation no. maybe it's a scope but I mean, it's it's fairly significant yeah, it's uh, anyway. You look at that; it's it's um, it's not good. I mean, the biggest thing for him is you know, once he does come back, it, it, you know, even even Austin Matthews will tell you there's a bit of rust coming back, and you know, Matthews says that a lot, but quite frankly, never really shows that he seems to play well when he does come back from injury and did the other night when he got back from suspension. But you know, you'll. Defense, young, not having the experience, all these other factors would work against Sandine. And that's why I really think this time now he's going to miss for however long it is in tight, tighter playoff like hockey is going to be a detriment. And to what extent will you be able to use him now? So, you know, we think we saw the play that he got hurt on against Nashville. It looked like the, the left, left knee, uh, whether it was hyperextended, whatever it was. But, um, you know, it didn't look great, and uh, we'll have to see where it goes for him. But, um, you know, for that right now, I, I think, that, you know, the, the Leafs can't worry about what Sandine may or may not be able to, to do when he comes back. They just got to get him back healthy and then go from there. Okay, so let's sort of wrap this up. We'll sort of go over the whole thing. Um, the thing that scares me about this team is the ominous air with the injuries I mean, it was, it seemed to be, you know, seemed to be going on a reasonably good track, although the defensive record wasn't good, but uh, Kasha, Campbell, Muzzin, now Sandine, there's just a cluster of injuries there that, you know, when you're talking about people that have deep Stanley Cup runs, this doesn't happen to them. The goaltending question mark doesn't happen to them. So, so I guess the the question that comes out of this, I'm not confident that this team goes deep. Um, were, Were you confident before all this stuff happened that it could go deep? Well, I was confident when Jack Campbell was playing like he, like he was. Yeah. When he, when he legitimately earned that all-star invite, yeah, for sure. For sure. But if he doesn't get that back, you know. Jim, the funny thing about all this is, too, is I think the Leafs have won nine of their past 19 games going into the game against Jersey. And, yes, the Bruins have caught them points-wise. But, you know, the Leafs are still holding their heads above water. And they have found way to, ways to win games through all of it. So, that has to be taken as encouragement. Uh, but again, you know, it's all going to go for naught if, if they don't shore up beyond the own blue line with the defensive play and then with, um, you know, Campbell and goal. But uh, yeah, I, think I, I would say it was more confident certainly when, when, when Campbell was, was healthy and doing really good things because for a couple of months it, it looked legitimate and it wasn't a small sample size. As that sample size got bigger through October, November, he was great. Yeah, you know, the, low, the low event Leafs were good. So we had right, the low right. event Leafs back last week against Dallas and Carolina, and then right. they yeah, just we, appeared against Nashville. But so listen, you know what's there. I mean, I, this whole yeah. thing about playing down against opponents, against lesser opponents, I, I don't know what that is with their makeup, but it's it's, it's bizarre. The good thing is that's not going to happen in the playoffs because they're not going to be playing down to anybody because no one to play down to. And then, like you say, especially against Carolina, they play a good hockey game. They beat 
a team that's regarded as one of the legitimate cup contenders and they do it well. So it's there, Jim. We've seen it. It's there. It's on them to do it consistently. And once that happens, you know, when that happens in tandem with Campbell being the guy that he was. Last minute of play in this podcast. Thank you, Mike Ross. Look at he split. Yes, guy, no guy on the way out. Leave goaltending. Oh, why guy? No guy. Too much of a question mark. Totally believe Jack Campbell will come back to form, but it's just not a good feeling there. So I'm going to say no guy. Lease blue line. Oh, yes, guy. This is flexible. This is deep. What they've done is actually added a second pair. Now, maybe not literally, but they've added Giordano, who's a top four, and Labushkin has turned into a top four. And if you go back a couple of months ago, when we were talking about the Lease blue line. We were worried about the second tandem. Not so worried now. So that's a yes, guy. The Lease forwards. Oh, that's a yes guy. Blackwell's a nice ad. He'll step up. He'll get in your face, add some grit, creativity, physical play, and just adds to the mix in case of injury. The Leafs don't have to worry about that when they are totally healthy. This is a deep forward unit. That's an emphatic yes guy. The Leafs, cup run. No guy. No, sorry guy. I'd like to say yes guy because, well, I've seen it all, but it's not going to be this year. Ominous. Too many injuries. Kasha, Muzzin, Campbell, now Sandine on the blue line. The team that wins the cup, as you're well aware, is healthy, and everything seems to add to a great story. There are too many speed bumps in this story, so that's an emphatic no guy. Hope you enjoyed Leafs Guy episode 24. Hope you come back next week for episode 25.